welcome back to a another episode of the child of god podcast where we are talking about waiting on god and specifically today we are talking about how we feel when we wait yes we are addressing those horrible emotions that we feel while we're waiting for something so let's just get started in prayer dear heavenly father i pray that you help us acknowledge our emotions but we don't allow it to control us i pray that we learn from our emotions and that we know that they're there but there's sometimes there that not really give us good ideas or doesn't really allow us to truly respect and wait and be obedient with you and so we must become steadfast oh Lord God and I pray that we understand that today and that we allow it to sit in our hearts today amen okay so yes y'all are getting me in the same day um on YouTube but basically let's picture a Starbucks line because I personally love Starbucks um and starbucks lines are very long they're very long they're very hefty and they get on my nerves and so i thought this would be the most perfect example which is the fact that i have to wait a very long time for my let's say my uh venti matcha with oat milk one pump of chai one pump <laughs> of um sweet cream or whatever else whatever it is and so i'm sitting in line and i'm feeling a plethora of emotions right now i'm feeling angry i'm feeling sad because i need natural caffeine i am feeling very anxious because i don't know what time this will be done and i have work in 30 minutes i am feeling very annoyed because these people won't hurry up and say their order so that I can get my food. I am feeling flabbergasted that it's just taking this long. And so I have two options. Well, I got three options. I can honk my horn angrily. I can, you know, just go ahead and make the decision to leave like be like car in the back give me some space i need to back out i need to leave the starbucks and go somewhere else or i can sit there and wait it out turn on some good jams and just you know relax myself now out of those three options it depends on who you are which first one you get but or actually there's a fourth option i can sit there grumble and complain until i get to the window order my food and then happily leave there's there's a lot of, uh, of a lot of nuance in that but there are a lot of options that our emotions tell us that we can take instead of just sitting there and waiting and so like i mentioned in the last episode we kind of went into lamentations and so the first part we're going to go into is um lamentations yeah, lamentations. I looked at the pronouncing of the word and I was just like, am I pronouncing this right? It doesn't look like it, but okay. Um, but we're going to go through lamentations um, where Jeremiah is despairing and yet he hopes. So just the title of this is showing that despite 
Jeremiah's emotions to what's currently happening. He doesn't allow that to stop him from hoping and waiting faithfully with God. He says, I am, I am the man that has seen affliction by the rod of his wrath. He hath led me and brought me into darkness, but not into light. Surely against me he is turned. He turneth his hand against me all the day. My flesh and my skin hath he made old. He hath broken my bones. He hath built it against me and compassed with me with gall and travail. He hath set me in a dark places as they that be dead of old. He hath hedged me about that I cannot get out. He hath made my chain heavy. Also, when I cry and shout, he shutteth out my prayer. He hath enclosed my ways with hewn stone. He hath made my paths crooked. He was unto me as a bear lying in wait and as a lion in secret places. He hath turned aside my ways and pulled me in pieces. He hath made me desolate. He hath bent his bow and he set me as a mark for the arrow. He hath caused the arrows of his quiver to enter into my reins. I was derision to all my people in their song all day. He hath filled me with bitterness. He hath made me drunken with wormwood. He hath also broken my teeth with gravel stones. He hath covered me with ashes. And though thou hast removed my soul far off from peace, I forgot. He forgot prosperity. And I said, my strength and my hope is perished from the Lord. Remembering mine affliction, my misery, the wormwood, and in the gall. So we'll stop right there real quick. That is a lot. That is... A lot of emotions that we see here we see we see in verse 1 we see the affliction you know with affliction comes suffering pain sadness sometimes anger depression we see he's been led into the darkness darkness usually causes anxiety and not and, and depression again surely he's turned against me we've we see a sense of neglect here we see a sense of i mean some may argue complaint we see um frustration because he talks about being builded against um and being in dark places we see um frustration from the fact that he cannot get out he made my chain heavy we see emotions of tiredness we can see Crying and shouting, frustration again, sadness again, depression again. We see fear, a bear lying in wait. We see the emotions of fear. We see um, a sense of neglect again. He said he had turned aside my ways. He's turned away from me. We see his bent bow. We see fear again. We see, we see pain again. We see... We see neglect again when he said he removed my soul far off from peace. We see anxiety because lack of peace usually ends up in anxiety. We see misery. We see affliction again. We see all of this. And there was always a time, there's been multiple times in my life where I have seen depression. I have seen tired. I have seen lazy. I have seen just plain cold-hearted suffering. I have seen misery affliction persecution i've seen fear and in all of those instances never did i think 
let me laugh never in those instances did i think let me be happy let me be joyous never in those instances did i think oh this is god's time to show me who he wants me to be i don't think that my emotions take full and utter control of me my emotions make me want and not even make me want but my emotions had an effect on my thought process to the point where i thought you know let me go and drink this pain away let me go and just put myself in more suffering because there's no way that i can get out of this and sometimes our emotions make us feel the pain more sometimes not feeling our emotions can actually make our waiting period harder and maybe even longer point is one Jeremiah felt his emotions. Jeremiah did not push his emotions aside. Jeremiah didn't lie to himself. He was real with himself and he said, listen, these are the emotions that you're feeling. This is what you're going through. This is the reality of the situation. And sometimes we get into these negative coping mechanisms that take us away from the reality of the situation. And it takes us away from understanding why we're currently waiting. And even so, after... He noticed these emotions. He said, my soul hath them still in remembrance and is humbled in me. I wonder if our sufferings, affliction, misery, and fear are meant to humble us. Are they meant to teach us what it means to be patient? Are they meant to teach us that, hey, you're a little prideful right now. You need to be humbled. I know there are multiple times in my life that I've needed to be humbled and I definitely could say one way that I've been humbled is through my significant other. He, at the beginning of our relationship, my emotions controlled me heavily and my emotions made me believe that I had a lot more control than I actually did. My emotions made me manipulative. My emotions, um were used in a way that should they should not have been used. I can't control how someone thinks or reacts to me. All I can control is how I feel towards them and what I do with those feelings. And so there are times where I would just be frustrated because I didn't get my way. And I would use my emotions. I would be sad. I would be depressed. I would like just throw fits. And I realized like this, He's like, this doesn't make any sense because whatever you're doing to yourself, those emotions, they're not going to make you feel any better and they're not going to change my mind. And so sometimes it just takes a little bit of something to humble us and to make us realize that in this waiting process, patience is required. And I definitely plan on talking about like waiting in different situations, like waiting in suffering, waiting in silence waiting when things are good it's it's literally obviously situational but in terms of our reactions to our emotions we always should have control over them and so even further from jeremiah simply feeling his emotions and then letting it take not letting it take a negative path he 
felt those emotions, allowed his reality to sink in, and then he says, this I recall to my mind, therefore I have hope. So we see these horrible emotions. And then we see Jeremiah's like, yeah, okay, I have hope still. I'm good still. Or not even I'm good still. It's just I still have faith in things getting better. I still have a hope that God is going to deliver me out of this. God is going to make me bigger and better than I was before. God is going to make this affliction look small to the promises that he's already made for me and the will that he has for my for, for me and the purpose that he has for me he said it is of the lord's mercies that we are not consumed because his compassion fails not they are new every morning and great is thy faithfulness he said that god's compassion renews every morning that's definitely something to be hopeful in I mean, in all times, when we're going through something or when we, we've put ourselves into something, when we're sinning and we go to bed and we're thinking, this is it. Jeremiah's like, no, it's not. It's not it. His compassion renews every morning. Just sit there, repent, take in the reality of the situation. Don't allow your emotions because literally you allowing your emotions to determine your outcome is allowing the enemy to, to determine your outcome. And I know that might sound weird, but when I sin, I get into this wallow. I wallow for a very long time and I don't let it go. And I'm just like, God must think I am a piece of crap. He must think that I am so crazy. I've done this like six billion times. And every time I know what I'm doing or I remember the feeling that it gave me. And yet still, still I try to go in and think that it's gonna be okay. And then I sit there and I dive deeper and deeper into the sadness, deeper and deeper into the feeling of not being worthy. And then realizing that God's compassion for me is endless regardless. God's compassion for the Israelites in the situation was regardless. They didn't listen to his commandments for very, 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 very long time and then all of a sudden he's just like yeah y'all gonna get driven out y'all enemies are gonna capture y'all y'all gonna be in captivity but i'll save you i'll save you still god said even though you're not listening to me even though you're not listening to my commandments because i love you i'll save you still and so when we think of these emotions, when we think of happiness, sadness, anxiety, confusion, neglect, feeling neglected, feeling punished, feeling fear, feeling intimidated, what are these emotions telling us to feel? I know sometimes we have emotions of loss, we have emotions of happiness, we have coercive emotions we have manipulative emotions but do we act on those emotions every time because it's just hard to believe or it's not even hard to believe some of our sins in like just in our heart they come from our emotions i feel hung i feel so sad right now that i am going to go and self-harm 
is that okay? No. Does the world tell me that it might make me feel better? Or does my heart tell me that it might make me feel better? Yes. Does that mean I should go do it? No. You have to remain steadfast and resist the temptation. Same thing as I feel as if I should go sleep with this person. Will it make me feel good? Yes. Will the world um, maybe applaud it? Maybe even the world says that it feels good? Yes. But as a child of God, you need to stand fast in what God is telling you because it's going to be feeling even better when it's happening in just the sacred covenant of marriage. You're going to feel even better when you know that that person has committed to you for the rest of their life in front of God and willing to take on that spiritual baggage that you come with and that when you're ready to take on that spiritual baggage that they come with, you feel so happy that you're going to go and splurge on this $500 dress. I have no idea. Are you going to go do it? Yes. Will it make you feel good? Yes. Will you feel bad later? Maybe. But if everything is driven on emotion, how can God drive you? How can God tell you to go somewhere when your emotions control you, not God, not God's word, not God's commandments, how can you wait on God when you're still being controlled by your emotions? Because our emotions, they make our weight, they make our weight so hard. Our literal emotions is clouding our judgment. Because our weight might be easier without our emotions telling us it's hard. Take our weight, take our emotions out of it. Is your weight still seem hard? Does it seem less hard? Does it seem easier now that you are no longer going on this feeling of comparison or that you're not good enough because the next person on the side of you has gotten that promotion way before you did? It's, it's, it's so hard because Proverbs 3 verse 5 verse 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. And in all your ways acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. Our emotions make us crooked. It makes our views crooked. It clouds our thoughts and it just makes our paths crooked. When we take when we, we're walking on this straight path waiting for God and our emotions say sadness, diversion. Our emotions say anger, diversion. Our emotions say we feel neglected, so we're going to neglect God, diversion. And so low-key, our emotions make our wait longer. Our emotions cloud our judgment so that we don't truly learn and understand what God has called us to do so. And so, even in 1 Corinthians 15, verse 58, Therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. So you are walking this steep hill, and you are walking, and you are walking, and you are walking, and you feel tired, you feel burnt out, you feel stressed, you feel anxious, and you're just like, when is it going to happen? 
you're questioning everything you're very you're feeling a sense of confusion and the reason why you're confused is because your emotions is telling you something that god isn't then continuing on titus 2 verse 2 says older men are to be sober-minded dignified self-controlled sound in faith in love and in steadfastness faith love steadfastness and it could even be seen as a way to control your emotions because if you have faith in god you won't doubt any emotion that comes by you will literally be like a wind that is just blowing through your hair and then it goes still again that was a horrible example, but you get what I'm saying? Basically, your weight is going to be so much better if you just have faith because you faith is knowing what you can't see. Knowing and believing in God when you don't know what the end goal is. Love. Love is fully appreciating and being grateful and respecting what God has done for you and what he has brought you through. Have you looked back? and seeing how much he loves you. Do you look back and realize that he loved you so much that he took you out of this minor situation that could have turned into something big so that you could wait for him? Sometimes when I think about this trip to Italy, I'm just like, God wanted to isolate me. Isolate me. I am literally in a space where I know no one. But maybe is it that is it that that it was out of his love? He put me in a space where I could wait without distractions. I could wait without a toxic environment. It's just changing. Sometimes our emotions won't allow us to change our perspective, but God's word will. Because if we read God's word, then we can change our perspective. And I'm not saying that happens all the time because I be reading the Bible and I'm just like still having a hard time. I'm still trying to figure out what is it that God is trying to tell me. But you have to keep reading. You have to keep pushing. And it's so hard. Some days you just don't want to do it. And I get that. Some days I really don't. I don't want to wake up and turn over on my bed and read the Bible. I don't want to wake up and read this KJV version of the bible that i have in my lap right now but i do but i do and so it's just the conversation of what is controlling you god or your emotions and how are you letting your emotions affect your perspective on you waiting on god Waiting on God is hard. Jeremiah said it best. He was afflicted, going through sorrows, and he was sad, and he was anxious, and all of these things. But the one thing that kept him going was the hope in God that it's not going to be the end. If we wallow in our sadness and don't believe in the hope that God has for us, then we're going to be sad forever. So what makes more sense? Being sad forever or having this unlimited, unrealistic amount of hope that it's going to get better. I would say having the hope. Even though you're like me, probably in the corner of my bed, like crying, asking God, like, when is it going to get better? When is it going to get better? But then it's what you do after you cry that makes a difference. It's what you do after you shout and you... You let it all out is what you do after. 
do you shout and let it all out and avoid your word or do you shout and let it all out and be like okay i got it out god let's get back into this word and let me just tell you i shout and let it all out and i avoid my word for like a few days because i'm just like i just feel tired and that's my emotions once again still still not allowing me to face the truth the truth being that I need to stay in my word so that I can humbly and faithfully wait on God to do what he has promised me that he was going to do. Some other scriptures that kind of went into talking about waiting on God and truly understanding what God um, has for us by controlling our emotions would be 1 Corinthians 10 verse 13. There hath no temptation taken you but such as is common to man but god is faithful who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able but with the temptation also make a way to escape that ye may be able to bear it proverbs 16 verse 32 he that is low to anger slow to anger is better than the mighty and he that ruleth his spirit then is then he that taketh the city Galatians 5, verse 23. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. Philippians 4, verse 13. I can do all through thing, th all things through Christ, which strengthen me. Ephesians 4, verses 26 to 27. Be angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath, neither give place to the devil. Proverbs 12, verse 16, A fool's wrath is presently known, but a prudent man covereth the shame. Proverbs 25, verse 20, 28, He that hath no rule over his own spirit is like a city that is broken down and without walls. Lord God, I pray that you allow us to get a proper sense of control over our emotions, not to avoid them, but to feel them and to control ourselves when we decide what we do after we feel them and to control what we decide to do and make into our habits after we control them, which is reading your word, praying to you, crying to you, letting all of our emotions out to you. Because when you, once you receive them, you will give us the strength to keep going. Amen. Okay, guys. So that is the end of this episode. Let me know what you think. Comment down, comment down below how you feel like you can go about controlling your emotions this week. I know it's super hard, but I would say like one of the things that I do is if I'm in a very emotion-driven environment, I would step out of it, think about it from an objective perspective, and then get back into it. Or I would just go to my community, my positive community, which is my father, <laughs> and just be like, okay, this is what happened. I'm letting it out right now, and that's it, you know? And if you don't have that, go to your father, your heavenly father, because you are his child, and so... Or let it out in the comments. I'll read it. You can let all that aggression out in the comments. That's fine as well. But don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe. I'm so excited to have you guys on this journey. The podcast is just a blessing to me and hopefully a blessing to you. And I hope you have a daily faithful encounter with your Heavenly Father. I'll see you guys next week.
Bye.